This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are in a very exciting journey here on the other side of the microphone, and that is we have a whole new way of doing our podcasting. So we're looking forward to your responses saying, I can hear you better, or it's this, or it's that. No no negative things, because we, we've done all we can do. <laughs> and we've had the good and great help of a friend who moved just from Seattle to Arizona so he could take care of us. And he's been doing a wonderful job. So today, we are continuing with this journey through the Sermon on the Mount. And as you know, we're not journeying chapter 5, 6, and 7 in any order. We're coming at it piece by piece. And today's piece is found in chapter 5, beginning in verse 33 and going through uh, to verse 37. So let me read that to you as we begin. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said of these ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your heads, for you cannot make one hair white or black. They did that just for me. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. Now, I have two grandchildren, and some of you have heard me talk about him, them, but my grandson, Samuel, who is now 16, learned very early that if he asked something of his grandmother, Nana, they call me Nana, that I would say yes or no. And he, being two years older than his sister, was the wise one of the duo, and Eliana was trying to talk Nana into something that Nana had said no to. And Samuel says, just emphatically, it's no use, Eliana. When she says no, she means it. And then he takes this long pause and he says, she also means yes. <laughs> and I stood there and thought, here were these grandchildren saying back to me what had been my life ambition, just like my life ambition. So getting to this part of the Sermon on the Mount, which I keep saying to all of you, remember these three chapters are just full. If you memorize any portion of scripture, this is the portion to memorize. You can find anything and everything in these three chapters. So as we look at these three chapters and look at these specific verses, we see them talking about divorce and oaths, but they sum it up with, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. Pretty strong stuff. 
So I was thinking about what makes your yes, yes, and your no, no, and two words that are quite popular in the church today are practices and habits. They're very different. They're absolutely very different. And for me, practices and habits were in a very important part of my life because I grew up in an environment where no one followed through on what they said. If they said yes, well, it could be a no tomorrow or two hours from now. Or if they said no, they might change their mind. And of course, I didn't understand the effect of that on me as I was growing up. But I can still remember my dad. By this time, my parents were divorced. And he would invite me to do something and then change the plan or change the location or cancel the plan. And inevitably, when I then, a teenage girl who was looking forward to seeing her dad for dinner, because my parents were divorced, I would get to the restaurant and find my dad on one side of the booth with a lady and me on the other side. So that yes, yes, no, no thing, I didn't understand in those days, but I felt it. I felt the direct impact of not being able to count on anyone. So I was 17, just about 17, when I began to see this pattern and understand it. I had just said the big yes to Christ, and I longed for something else. I longed to live a different life. I never was critical of my parents in those days. I I did have a period where I was very critical of them, but I, I thought, okay, so what is it that I can do? I talked to some people in my church, and they talked to me about practices. So you have to start small, and you have to keep doing the same thing. So the big question is, what habit do you want to have in your life? What is the habit you want to have? Now, if I were having any one of you face-to-face with me, I would say, if you left the room to go to the ladies' room, I would not say to you as you went out the room, don't forget to flush, because everybody does. They were trained to do that, and when they leave the bathroom, they flush. It's a habit. But the habit came to be because we practiced it. We practiced it, and we practiced it. Oswald Chambers, of course, one of my favorite authors, says, the difference between men is not a difference of personal power, but that some men are disciplined and others are not. Shall I say that again? There's such power in that word, those words to me. The difference between men and women is not a difference of personal power. Like, he doesn't have something I don't have. We all have the same opportunity, the same possibilities, but that some men are disciplined and others are not. And it's not mental power. It's not mental power. So someone's not smarter than you and they become more powerful, but someone who has practiced the discipline has practiced and practiced until it becomes a habit. If we teach ourselves how to think, we will have mental power plus the discipline of control. So how do you learn to teach yourself to do anything? To do anything. Now, first I want to to encourage you to be very aware of any impulsive natures you have in your own life. Do you impulsively decide to do something? That is always the characteristic of a child, not an adult. 
always the characteristic of a child. Now, a little child who is impulsive and runs from one toy to another, when you're in the third grade and you say to the little girl next to you, I don't want to be your friend because I have a new friend over here, that's impulsive childlike behavior. But when you're an adult, we must learn to control those characteristics and leave our powers to be the powers of a disciplined soul. So habits are mechanical. You just show up. I can attest to this with reading the Word of God. I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this class, and I thought, so what's a real-life story in my own life where I just showed up on the practice of it? And I, I can't tell you for how long I did this, but I would go to read the Word of God. And I had mentors before me who told me they did it every day, I can remember Elizabeth Elliot, my sitting in her study, a beautiful home on the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, and I'm in her study. I finally got to her study. You know, I first met her at conferences, and then she asked me to help her. Then I went to her house, and then I went for dinner, and then I got, to, I got upstairs, and the upstairs, the study was off her bedroom with the view of the Atlantic Ocean. And I thought, man, if I, this is it. And I've been holding on to this question for a long time. So, Elizabeth... Tell me how you do it in the morning. Now, I was so immature that I thought she was A, going to tell me, and B, when she didn't answer me or she skirted around it, I asked her again. And later she told me that I'd asked her that three times. But what I wanted her to do was to tell me exactly what she did because my esteem for her was so high and what she wanted me to do was to learn to do it for myself. And the one thing she did teach me was that it had to be a regular practice. So, as a very young woman, I would go anywhere. And you know, I'm very literal. Those of you who know me, you know I'm very literal. And the scripture said closet. My husband can attest to this. I would sit on the floor underneath my shirts, which were shorter, with my little book piles and be in the closet so I could have my quiet place. And I would read the Bible. And how many times, I'm really, with no exaggeration, I would say thousands of times that I read it. And I turned the page, and I read it. But I had, I, I had no comprehension. It wasn't doing anything to me. I thought it wasn't doing anything to me. But I read it. I can't describe how long I read it. But soon the mechanical practice became the material of the habit of my life. And the words that I had read, you know the scripture very tells, very tells us clearly in Luke that what we read, we will never forget. Now, I think I've forgotten most of it, but then suddenly I'm talking to someone and out of this small little cranium I have comes a passage that I didn't even know was there. So those habits. Now remember that the brain can move very slowly, but it does move, and it moves at all ages. You are never too young or too old to work your brain to movement. What did those 15 minutes with God, or five verses every day, or one chapter? I think I've read through the Bible, Genesis through Revelation, about 19 times, okay? I'm an old girl. But I can tell you that some of those times I read through it, it was turn the page, read three more chapters, mark the little square that said I did it. If I got behind, take a little extra time, I did it. But I remember the first time someone said, did you ever read through the Bible? And I said, yes. 
And I didn't find anything, you know, great, no great shakes about that. And she said, wow. And I thought, oh, wow, I started something and I finished it. That had not been my practice. But I began to practice those things. And I now know that the brain science tells me that it forms a groove in my brain. Literally forms a groove in my brain. And soon the groove spoke for itself. Say yes to Jesus. Regeneration can reform us with his power and his presence. New habits are formed in direct agreement with him. Say yes to Jesus. And he calls us not only to know him, but to know his word and to live by his words. So finding new habits according to him, not yourself and not your own glory, but his glory, is a very important part of spiritual maturity. If I could count, and I never have, how many women around the world via text or letters or in conferences or asking me to sign a book of theirs with something uh, about the practice of loving God and knowing God's word, uh, I, I couldn't keep count of them. And I think we have to develop the notion that you want to do this so that we can give the glory to God. A lot of you moms, like myself, and my mom did for me, take the piano lesson and practice, 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 right? Take the piano lesson and practice, practice. Now, in the last years of my life, you know, I can still play that piano. I can still remember where C is and what the chords are, and I'm glad I did it. When I was in high school... um, There were a lot of young people in those days who were talking about getting a job. They wanted to get a job because everybody wasn't going to college, and certainly all the women were not going to college. And if women did go to college, they became teachers or nurses. Those were the options in those days. And I can remember clearly thinking I was not going to be a secretary. Like, no matter what I was going to do, I was not going to be a secretary. So somewhere in the middle of high school, when they recommended I take a typing class, as in typing on a typewriter, for those of you who've never seen one, you've only seen the keyboard on a computer, um, I refused to take the typing class. No one told me that when I got to college, I'd have to write a paper on a typewriter. And so I had to take a typing class later. I, la- I, I had to go in and take a typing class. So we practice in his power, and we are keep on trying because of his grace. Our very nature given by him helps us. The practice is revealed, especially in a crisis. The practice that has developed into a habit is revealed to us and to others, especially in a crisis. <clears throat> I was visiting with a young woman recently, and somebody interrupted her. I mean, she was kind of a rude interruption. And she responded very graciously, and then she said, thank you. And I thought to myself, and so I said it to her, you know, somebody trained you to say thank you with every encounter. And even though that individual was rude to you, you responded, and then you ended with thank you. You didn't stop and say, oh, now I have to say thank you. It was just a part of your practice. So I want you to listen to what I'm going to say as I finish this time with you. I want you to please to lean in and listen to his voice. Lean in and listen to his voice. Do not fail because the world power 
is still loose in this world. And it will be till Jesus comes. What is the world power? It's the evil one. It's Satan. It's the devil. Whatever words you want to use. That power is still loose and is trying to convince you not to adopt any practices that will change your habits. When I was a very young woman, <clears throat> my husband, who was quite a runner, um, I don't know if he talked me into running or I started running because my girlfriends were running. It was very fashionable then. But he did talk me into running a 10K. My first 10K. I was in my early 30s, and my husband, as I said, was keen about this because he was an accomplished runner. And um, I wanted to see the entire race. I wanted to know where it started, how it went, and where it finished. And my husband said to me over, there's no rhyme or reason for that. But I didn't understand at that point that if you ran three or four miles two or three times a week at least, you could run a 10K. Just put on your shoes and go. But I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that my practices of three or four miles, three or four times a week, would get me to the end of the finish line, and I was not going to miss the finish line. <laughs> and so the organizational people had an office, and I went to the office, and I said, could I please have the map, and the, where, and they gave me all the details, and I put on my shoes, and I ran the whole thing. I'm very, very clumped about that, because I didn't know then. I had just been practicing. It wasn't my habit. And I want to say to you, keep practicing the habits that God's voice is calling you to. Don't sleep 10 more minutes because your 10 minutes won't be near as good as the nourishment you'll find in God's word or time with him. The big question is how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And practices develop habits that change the course of your life. And we are so glad to be a part of your life. Thank you for listening to Modern Homemakers. There are lots of things available on that website that still sings and dances. I encourage your friends to join us. Subscribe if you have not. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of practicing.